0: Hello Wolves fans and welcome to the latest episode of Wolves Fancast leading the Inquisition after the defeat to Aston Villa today. Um just a few hours after the final whistle. Any any initial thoughts, guys? I've got leading the investigation with me. My team is Matt. How you doing, guys. Luke, How you Luke.
1: Hey, Dean, you're
0: right. And Adam. Guys, what any any what you've been doing for the last few hours you've been stewing or How you been feeling? I know it's it's not quite immediately after kick-off, so we've had some time to ourselves and our thoughts. I've been working hard wrapping Christmas presents since the final whistle. It is good to get your mind off things, isn't it? Adam, what have you been up to? Uh, I went for a walk (laughs) after the game. Power walk. A
2: de-stressing depression walk. That
0: that feels a bit self-destructive to me. Are you okay? That's just that's just what I do, mate. I love to self destruct. Okay, well, there's a good <laughs> podcast I can a good podcast I can recommend to you about um, just after yourself and mental health. I think Matt can 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 champion that as well.
3: Yeah. Well, I ended up having uh, ended up storming into the kitchen, a la semi-final uh, time, where I just went and did the washing up, thinking that was like the most appropriate thing to do. I just I just went comfort eating today, raided the cupboard, and thought right, I'm gonna fucking make myself something because I've had enough of this shit. Is it angry? Map.
0: Ma- I was going to say marigolds on or off.
3: Uh, marigolds off. You know how does the naked chef? I'm more the petulant, stroppy chef. Who okay. just go- who goes in a huff after the walls?
1: Are you naked while you're washing up,
3: though? I'll leave. It, I'll leave to <laughs> your imagination, mate. <laughs> you're naked,
1: then, mate. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave the
0: kinkiness to um, other <laughs> members of the opposition, lads. Shall we? <laughs> um, and as we all know um a last minute well late defeat at the hands of Aston Villa courtesy of an Anwar penalty today um local derby guys it was you know uh, how how do you put this it, it, it didn't quite have the feel of, of a regular local derby obviously without fans and things but going into the game what do you what what do you feel about this kind of game with Aston Villa do you feel like it's Luke, I'll start with you. Do you feel like this is a proper rivalry that we've got, or?
1: Um, I do feel like it's a rivalry. I think it's one that's been sort of manufactured over the last four or five seasons on social media more so than anything. Um, never really had a problem with Villa. Villa never really had a problem with us. Um, I think it was when they got relegated to the Championship, wasn't they? Wasn't it? And and they decided to start getting majorly obsessed with us. Uh, we just. Politely reminded them to, to mind the gap, you know, from a health and safety point of view. They refused <laughs> to, continue the obsession. And it's just sort of snowballed from there. But with COVID, usually you wake up, all right, early kick-off, so not as much time in the pub. But you're bouncing, tonight, yeah, for a local derby, absolutely buzzing. Can't wait to get to the ground, can't wait to have the banter with the fans, whatever. Um, I'm sure Grealish would have got a bit of stick today following the rare revelations of his private life in the week. Um so it would have been a fun day, but
0: that's alleged not anymore. Alleged.
1: Alleged. Well now there's a, the pictures there. <laughs> the <laughs> pictures there. We all know what he was doing, allegedly. But um but it, it didn't have that feel of a derby today. It was weird. No. Like on, on a derby day you get butterflies, don't you? you didn't really have the butterflies yeah. today. Yeah, you're right. Um yeah. the final whistle went and whilst I was disappointed, I wasn't as sort of upset as I usually would be after a Derby defeat at home. So really, really weird. And and so, yeah, it is a rivalry, but it feels diluted at the minute.
0: Matt, I'll come to you. Um, obviously, off the back of a heavy defeat to Liverpool. Um, you saw the lineup. Was that more of what you wanted to see or um, a surprise? Obviously, Willy Bolly being dropped is, um, mm. is a shock to anyone system from a Wool's perspective. What, what do you think?
3: I mean, I, I don't think Willy Bolly has been playing outstandingly well the last, you know, however many games start the season, you might say. But one of the things that people have said about it is it isn't, isn't uh, criticising us because of our defensive. Record is criticizing us because of our attack, and you could argue that he was due to be dropped. I guess, um, but I don't know. He just. My worry wasn't so much looking at the at the back line as as more towards the forward line because I just you know defensively we're generally pretty sound. Like uh, Liverpool aside, of course, and they're you know the champions of England, the world, and the universe as far as everyone with the Merseyside are concerned. Um, I just. You know, the choice to go with silver up front um, was, a, was a really big call. And I think part of me is kind of glad that there wasn't a knee-jerk reaction to, right, let's just go back to what we know consistently, just because we've took a in at the hands of the champions and actually let's do something that he wants to go ahead with for Villa. But as we'll talk about, I'm sure the toothlessness and the intensity or, or lack thereof, I think was disappointing.
0: Adam, were you pleased to see young Fabio in the lineup?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, theoretically, he has he has got to play. I know against Liverpool you know, last week that was a tough job, regardless. But setting up the way we did was never going to help. So he, he does have to play, unfortunately. And he's been signed to be a backup, and now's his time to shine. And the only way we're going to see anything any payback from the amount that we've bought from bought him for is if he, if he plays and if he just get game experience that's the only way he's going to develop keeping him on the bench or even not playing him when we don't have any other strikers can't do you know much good for his confidence uh, you know as we'll get on to in the game I actually thought he did did quite well today um, but from the team as a whole um, I agree what Matt said you know that Bolly, Hasn't been great, and it's obviously up for discussion who you who you then play in that that centre half pairing. But um I was notably concerned with the team. I mean, uh, to be fair, I mean, it, I think I said that it did, did take me a couple of moments to actually realise the body wasn't even in the team because you just tend to expect him to be there. To be honest,
0: yeah, I
2: didn't really. It, it took me a minute to. The first thing I saw was that Fabio was up front. I thought, oh yeah, great, and I, and I flicked off the team sheet. And then, then I think someone else just said, oh, no body today. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Back back onto the team sheet. I thought, like, oh, shit, yeah. And so, big call. Cool, but, um, yeah, he's not been up to his usual high standards. So, um, understandable, really.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the first time the Twitter admins actually come out and, and name the team in the correct formation for since uh, Nuno's <laughs> gone to his back four now. Which, um, you know, well done him. Um, Luke, Luke? You've
1: got your, your hand raised. <laughs> yeah, just going for a bit of um, Skype etiquette. I just think, you know, looking back at the game today, yes, it was a surprise to see Bolly dropped. I think it was good that Silver started because I think another another game starting on the bench could have killed his confidence. You know, he's still sub. We've spent £35 million on you, but he's still sub, even though we haven't got another senior striker within the team. Um, but the... the the result for me was majorly frustrating uh, because the actual game went OK. It didn't go too bad. We stayed with the four at the back and I don't think Villa caused us too much problems going forward, really. I, I felt we, we seemed quite comfortable at the back today. Um, going forward, we looked OK. And on the balance of play, I think we comfortably had the better chances in the game. But... Um, if we would have walked away from that game winning 2-3-0, I don't think Villa could have complained too much when you look back at the chances. A couple of good saves from Martinez, who got man of the match, which saves, saves a lot. Silver hitting the inside of the post as well. So, with a bit more fortune, you know, this podcast comes from a completely different dynamic then, doesn't it? Because we've, we've just got a, a good 2-0 t- win. Um, but I think what cost us was just a lack of concentration with two or three minutes to go. And obviously, somebody don't let him begin in, him. It was a penalty. Nobody can complain about it.
0: Yeah, can I Can I Sorry, mate. I, I just—you keep giving more away. We'll have to wrap up the podcast within the next minute, I think. So, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the thing that threw me most was the fact that you put your hand up. We're not used to this level of decorum in uh, in the Wolves fancast. I think so. Um, <laughs> just uh, threw me off guard a little bit there. But sorry, mate. Go, going back to going back to the start of the game, I think pretty typical Wolves first half, nil nil at half time. I, I think. We allowed Villa to have control of the ball um, for a large part of it. Um, and, you know, w- wasn't really too much to report, was there, I guess? Adam, what, what did you make of the first half?
2: Standard standard balls first half, really. Um, I mean, the, the quality of the game wasn't great. Um, the only thing that was keeping us entertained in the first half was Mike Dean and the car, Christmas cards coming out. Um Quite well, and for the rest of the game as well. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much in it really. I mean, we took a while to to really to get going, and it, it, was, f- it was fair fair first half. Really, I can't think of you know anything too uh, you know anything outrageous or stand out that happened in the in the first half, and had a bit it had a bit of a flat feel to it. If I want this, and I mentioned about you know Luke said he didn't feel like a derby as such, but. I was, I was still, for me personally, I was still well up for the game beforehand, but that quickly dissipated as the game, as the game started, because, you know, I, I, just, I didn't think there was that much quality there, um, other than, say, Pedence was showing his his flashes in the first half; he was kind of a, sh- a shining light, but other than that, yeah, he was a bit, kind of, kind of a bit flat, I thought.
0: Yeah, might. Matt, how did you enjoy the the Mike Dean show um, as it always tends to be when he's in charge?
3: I mean, I may be one of the rare people that enjoy the way he officiates, i.e. like his, his, his manner and his tendencies and he's kind of let, you know, when there's scuffles, he'll just kind of sit back, like just watch it unfold. He's not there like trying to stoke the fire or anything like that. And I, I you know, as far as referees go, you know, there's an argument there. Should referees even have a personality in football? They're not there to be enjoyed as a spectacle. They're there just to officiate the game. But in this game, because it was so stop-start, because it was he, advantages were were not being played at all, it was really it was a really difficult watch. It was just so it was so fragmented, and and that doesn't help our style of play at all. We like we you know when we're at our best, whether Nuno likes it or not. in This this expansive possessive football was supposed to be playing. Allegedly we're at our best when we're free flowing, zipping it around fast play. And you can't do that when you're constantly having to bring the ball back, stop the ball. Everybody gets back 11, uh, you know, there's 11 behind the ball again. And it just, the refereeing today really took away from the spectacle. And maybe that was, maybe that was a, a conscious thing. Maybe it was a, let's not get this game out of control, flared tempers. Let's stop the game. Who knows? But it didn't, it didn't, Work for us, in terms of our performance or in terms of the entertainment of the game,
0: yeah, I, th- I think you're right in the sense that it, it's when you know we're looking to be fluid on the counter attack and you know things are getting stopped halfway up the pitch when like to troy and Neto are getting stopped in their tracks because they're obviously gonna r- run away from people generally speaking, but that's what you have to do sometimes to stop us i think and and Villa did that pretty well, but luke did do, do you think that um, it was a bad, I mean, the really heavy kind of number of cards and things. Do you think it was a bad temper game or do you think it was just, you know, a, a bit of um, self indulgence from Dean in, in many ways? Because I'm not sure it warranted so much personally.
1: Um, I don't think it was a bad temper game at all. Um, I think there was only one challenge or well, maybe two which you can deem as bad, and that was Grealish's uh, um, when he got booked, the tackle from behind and when Louise did lead with the elbow when he got his second yellow card. But apart from that, it was all just, it was more niggly fouls, pulls back, um, just tactical fouls to, to try and stop a counter-attack. So it wasn't dirty, um, it wasn't hot-tempered, it didn't seem hot-tempered. Uh, but I just think when it's Mike Dean, it's Mike Dean, isn't it? He, he has to write a story about himself in every game that he officiates. Now, I always believe that the best referees are the ones that go unnoticed. You don't even know they're on the pitch because they're letting the game flow. Yeah, when they are pulling it up, they're pulling it up for reasons that it, they have to. They've got no other choice. So everyone agrees with the decision. Um, you know, when, when refs just stopping it here, stopping it there, niggly fouls, dodgy decisions, then he's getting noticed, isn't he? Um, I just think it's him as, as as a man. He's very egotistical and... He has to try and turn the game into the Mike Dean show, which uh, Matt touched on earlier about referees um, having personalities or not. Now, I think they should have personalities because, you know, you want to see a bit of personality in everybody, but don't make it all about you unless we're going to start turning these refs into celebrities and interviewing them after the game as well. Because that's another thing that annoys me, how the refs can make these decisions every week. But they're not being made accountable for for their decisions. Um, I'm not saying he had a particularly bad game. um, But we're we're left talking about how many cards did he get, including the Reds, 13? A lot, a lot. 13 (laughs) Um, 13 cards his title got shown, which is, is ridiculous for a game which had probably one or maybe two bad tackles in it.
0: I believe there's there's a rule that states that if you get more than six or seven yellow cards for one team, I think the team can be fined for failing yeah. to control their players, uh, yeah. along, something along those lines. And you think, well, if that was the case, and you know, one of the teams that played today got got ended up getting judged as being you know unable to control their players, it'd be an absolute farce, wouldn't it? You think, mm. and that's yeah. that's on that's on the referee to kind of manage that. I think, but. Yeah, you know, as as you say, I, I mean, I've got a bit of a theory that, you know, regardless of the rules of the game, the standard of what a foul is kind of gets set early on, dependent on what he starts giving. And when you've got someone like Jack Greenish and it, we'll get onto him in a second in terms of his performance, I think he he likes to buy a foul, he likes to exaggerate, at, at, you know, contact etc., and he starts getting for some of the softer things. And and once the, the referee sets a standard then everything could be blown up for. And I think that's that's why, you know, it ended up being that kind of game where it was top star, lots of free kicks for a lot. Of, and to be fair, I don't think it had an influence on the results per se, but it didn't help us build up any kind of momentum whatsoever. Um, but on the subject of Grealish, um, Adam, what, obviously uh, spoken about a lot pre-match um Regardless of his antics off field, um, as as the danger man, do you, do you think we cope with him pretty well? How how do you think he did?
2: How do I think he did? What during the week or in the game?
0: <laughs>
2: Specifically <laughs> these ninety minutes, if you could please. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, just, just in reference then to the game. Uh, do you know what? I thought we cope with him very well. To be honest, I didn't. Th- I, th- I didn't think he offered anything. I can't. I didn't think. Didn't think at the time. I'm, I'm thinking back now. I think he'd done nothing all game long. Um, I was thinking like, because I know what he's like. He, he, he's uh, he, he's the quote unquote the most fault most failed player in the league essentially because he goes down like sack of spuds all the time. So I was worried for like, uh, right side like Traore and um, Samià because I thought you know all game long, especially with Dean in charge of affairs that you know. Those air, air right back and right winger would you know be on yellows quite easily because he'd be throwing himself to the ground. But I thought we marshaled him quite well. To be honest, you know what he does—he likes to cut in on his right, on, on the right foot, and curl one in. But I, every time I've noticed him trying to do that, we stopped him. I don't—I didn't really see him dictating much of the play. I mean, the fact I'm really trying to think now of, of what he did during the game means that he's done fuck all during the game. To be honest, yeah. I mean, really I, honestly, I, I don't—I can't even. I can't envisage him. I can't. I can't remember him doing anything really at all. I mean, guys, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't. I don't really recall him doing anything at all. I thought we. What we, we took him out of the game.
0: I I asked that question first because I'm I'm going to come to Matt, who's obviously the the original paid up member of the fan cast that's part of the Nelson Samayo <coughs> fan club. Um, <laughs> so to counter any any initial feelings that you have Matt about Samayo, how do you think he did today?
3: I think. From a from a defensive point of view, I don't think he did too much wrong. Let's exclude the penalty. From just in terms of what was giving me sleepless nights prior to this game was the idea of Grealish running on to Samado all game and and how's he going to cope? There was one time when um, Samado got uh, sorry, Grealish got around him to the byline, um, and I thought Samado here has every opportunity to give away a penalty here and he didn't. And, I don't, you know, I don't think that Greenish got the runaround on him. And I, I, I guess maybe because Villa didn't play a lot of over-the-top balls, which I've been really critical of Samedo about before, is I don't think he can defend those balls, really. at least he doesn't know how to run on onto those balls. Um, I think he was fine. I think Samedo was fine in defence today. I think de- defensively we were fine, as we generally are. Um, a, a complete brain aneurysm for the penalty, however putting him back another two steps. One step forward, two steps back. In terms of me putting tomato poster on my wall, basically. Yeah.
2: Do you know why else I'm annoyed with? I th- uh, I think... at
3: that point Go as well,
2: on. because either either bet on today, and I just needed Sarmado yellow card to, for 110 to one <laughs> to come oh. in, and I didn't even when he gave away that penalty end, I didn't even get the cushion of winning 110 to one bet. I thought he's not, he's not even booked him either.
3: <laughs> that's that's you know
0: not stonewall booking really but matt going back to your point about him getting beat in the first half i think he was pretty much in exactly the same situation as he was in the last Mm -hmm. minute and first time round, he got it right in the sense that he he didn't make a challenge really he kind of you know put his hands up and, and said well go past me and go down and see if you get something but on the second one he seemed to forget what he'd done in the first half and obviously, it gave away the well, penalty. But um... you
3: know, you know what I always say, mate: a broken clock is right twice a day. Do you know what I mean?
0: <sighs>
3: Are you to in, got to a broken clock for the purposes of every podcast? needs a soundbite. Why the hell not? <laughs> made of a broken clock. Every, you know, no. I, listen, defensively, fine today. Lack of concentration, maybe, or was it sheer dumb luck that he didn't get beaten by Grealish? Who knows? We can argue that until the until the end of time. I just feel that our biggest problems isn't what we do in defence and it isn't Nelson Samodo. It's actually what we do further up the pitch. It is our biggest problem.
0: Well, moving on to further up the pitch, Um, we did have some chances. Um, If we go back to the first half, um, I think there was one where Neto came onto one at the edge of the box um, and and forced a save out of Martinez. Pedence, I I think, um, was probably our most dangerous player in that first half. Luke, what, what did you make
1: of his performance? I thought Pedence played really well. I think at the, the forward four, he was probably the most lively player on the pitch. Um, going forward, I thought he, had, he was probably one of his better games for us. You know, finding finding gaps, finding pockets, linking up play. Um, he won a lot of free kicks. Um, good in the tackle at winning the ball back as well. I thought, for me, probably one of Pedence's best games. Um I thought Neto was decent to gain as well. Um, I, f- I felt Silva was fine. I think out the four, Traore was the one who disappointed me the most today. Um, I think there's a few times he had the ball, he just seemed a bit lethargic. Um, in the first half, I think he was well, quite comfortably at least an ineffective forward player. It's concerning though, because... Out of those three, I'm not going to count silver just as of yet because it's too early days. But out of those three, they've got so much potential to be able to turn a game on top of its head, sort of uh, at the drop of a hat. But for whatever reason, it's, it's not clicking for them at all because. So, off- so, on that
0: on that note, if it's not if it's something's not quite right, is it the management of them that is to be questioned then? Because, like you say, they've got potential and they've got ability.
1: Yeah, I think it is. To be fair, I, I, I think it is. Um, because Liverpool aside, where it's a completely different shape with the four-three-three and the false 9, with a 5 or with a 4, well, since we've been playing 4 at the back, when can you say that we've looked terrible going forward? I don't think you can, can you really? Because we have looked quite dangerous in all the games by Liverpool going forward. But what's our goal return in terms of chances created? It's got to be one of the worst in the league, I'd imagine, especially if you take a a sample of the last four or five games. Um, And and that's the problem. So we are getting in the positions. We're we're just not being clinical. We need to be a bit more ruthless, I, I, I think. And... I honestly can't put my finger on it. And I don't feel bad for not being able to put my finger on it because Noon, I can't either. And I think, I know it's probably already been touched on, but coming out after the Liverpool game saying he doesn't know what the answers are, like, that's that's a concern for me, that is. You're a very well-educated, well-spoken man. I know you like to keep your cards close to your chest, but saying you don't know the answers, come on, mate, this is what you paid big money for. You, he needs to find a solution to to get yes. us fired because... Again, it's not like we're coming away saying, "Oh, well, Neto, Polden, and Traore all played a five out of ten today." I think they're consistently playing sevens. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah I, that's fair. I mean, I don't know what Adam, the, rest of the guys
0: think. Adam, just to come to you on that, I mean, the, the kind of Jimenez is literally bearing down over these players now um, with his new banner. And, um, you know, the, the, the ghost of Jimenez almost will, will be, you know, what everyone is judged upon while he's not on the pitch. How do you think this game goes with him on the pitch? Uh, I mean, look,
2: you, 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 you take any main striker out of any team in any league and they're going to they're gonna be less for it. So, obviously, we are, we are struggling without him. But well, what, how, how different would it have been today with him? It's impossible to really tell. I don't really see it being massively different, to be honest, even, even with him. Because I, I don't see Silva dropping very deep to get the ball, which sometimes what Jimenez does. But the problem that we've got now, without his lack lack of goals in the team now, is that where else are those, are those goals going to come from, is the main question. So you've then got to look back down the pitch and you know pedence you know we all know how much i, I love pedence we all real we rate pedence here but you know he's it's still only been with us with a short it's only been with us a short amount of time sorry but you know he's he's not gonna be a regular goal scorer you, you you may think that may change going forward given his position in the team but we don't know yet Neto gets you know not a massive stream of goals as we've seen he's improving but there's not, you know, what, what's the goal, can you really rely on any goals coming from him? And then we look even further back, you just don't see any goals at all, do you? I think, as has always been mentioned, you've got Neves, Matinho, Donka. there's nothing from them, there's no threat from them, so that's where the team as a whole begins to struggle. I mean, Dendonka had, would you say, our best opportunities of the game today.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. And there's a there's there's a, like a bit of a trend forming with, with Dendonka at the minute, in that, he gets into the positions, but he's having a hard time actually finishing them off, isn't he? I mean, granted, going back to the Arsenal game, we scored from the rebound of his header off the crossbar, but really, he should have been putting that away anyway. Today, you know, he had, had probably had two best chances of the game. Certainly, that one which he hammered quite, quite close to to Martinez. And I think, you know, you yourself, Gully, you mentioned he's, he's got to be sticking those away. Those chances of make difference really. So. When you, the, the big, the big concern for me is all this time while Raul's out, <clears throat> I'm just a bit worried of where where our goals are going to come from. Really, unless Silva's got this, gets this magical touch in, in the next few games, which he might again, you know, he, he may well do. He, he literally that was his first Premier League start today, so let's give him some games to get him, to try and get himself up and running. But you know, just a bit concerned but where our goal's going to come from.
0: Yeah. Matt, I, I, if, you, if you have a look at a lot of what we've done over the last few, few games, um, a lot of it is kind of old-fashioned Mick McCarthy tactic of get it down the wings and cross it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You know, do you, how do you think this is going? You know, it clearly, numbers-wise, is not going too well. But do you
3: think well, it's, it's, it's not-, not. But, you know, t- the question of is this tactical, is this players? I mean, we've had 16 shots, seven on target. You know, you expect one of them to go in, but one of the tactical issues is if for whatever reason Den Donker is the architect of these chances, there's there's a fundamental tactical flaw there because you've got somebody that isn't a clinical finisher that's getting all these chances. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And the problem we've got going forward now is silver isn't Jimenez, not only in experience, in in ferocity with the ball or anything, he's a different style of player. He's not a number nine. He's not a target man. He's, and my fear is that we're going to continue to do the same things over and over and over again to try and accommodate him in that role. Whereas we can't, we just can't do that. It's not going to work. You know what I mean? There's only so many times that we can get Troyoure to the byline and, and cross it in. You know what I mean? And you know, I think we've let Troyoure off quite lightly here. Luke, Luke touched on it earlier. I mean. For all the hype and all the hoopla that we get about the man, is he any more than like a, a futsal player? Is he the new Max Kilman? Do you know what I mean? Because apart from being able to beat a man, every team just puts two on him now. So he needs to change up his style. We need to change our attacking style going forward because, like it'll lump it, Silver is our outlet now. And we, we have to change the game around how he needs the ball. We, we can't just keep allowing Den Dendonka to be our, our outlet because, you know, that one that he fires in at, at Martinez, a clinical finish, a side-foot that to the, to the side of the keeper. Calm, collected, side it in, bang, we're look. Villa fall apart and we tonk them 2-3-0. But it doesn't happen because we're playing the same way as if Jimenez is still on the pitch. Sorry, I'm ranting now of getting no, annoyed.
0: <laughs> no no right rightfully so it's 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 frustrating and I think I, I was feeling as, as frustrated as you at the final whistle just because a it, it's Villa I feel I mean I'm sure you'll all agree with me we're a better side than Villa quite quite comfortably and I think mm. when you when you look at the way the 90 minutes has panned out I was disappointed and, and I was calling out Nino immediately immediately after the final whistle just because that was my immediate emotion there. But in essence, we, there's not a fat lot gone wrong today apart no. from that last couple of minutes and putting chances away. And like you say, but I think there's a mentality within the squad where we do everything in quite a safe manner. Like the, the finish that Dendonka gave to, to try and score, he was just concentrating on getting it on target. He wasn't actually trying to beat mm. the keeper almost. It was just a nice side foot little volley, which, yeah, he's done his job and hoping that the keeper doesn't quite get to it. But you know, like you say, a, a proper killer. And to be fair, if you think about Fabio Silva's chance, that was the strike of a player who's instinctive in front of goal. I think. I think that was a glimpse of a natural striker. And I think I don't really, you don't really see Jimenez kind of getting into those kind of positions either, where he's in front of goal and he's having to finish first time. It's a lot of about crossing the ball and, like yeah. you say, getting his head onto things as well. But we've got we've had ninety minutes of Fabio Silva now, Luke. How do you think he did? I thought
1: he did well. I don't think he looked out of place at all. Um, I thought his link-up play was, was good. Um, positioning was good. His pressing was good. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And I hope he does get a run of games between now and January. Um, and, and, and like Gully, Gully mentioned, with that with that effort... First time shot, instinct, predatory. I love to see that's what I like to see. How many times have we seen with, with Jota and Jimenez last season when they'd have the ball and You think, go on, then itty. And then they take another touch, like, go on, then itty. And then they cut into it, like, go on, then fucking itty. And then they get tackled. So uh, it was nice to see that when he sees a goal and he sniffs the keeper's um, arsehole, he's having a shot. I you know I'm, what I mean. Like he, he ain't messing about. He wants to get his shot off, which is good because all that's all means. the
0: best strikers in the world sniff keepers' arses. Exactly. Um, yeah.
2: Oh, I think that's a great right. training regime. That is Luke. You know, get, <laughs> yeah. get, get get in the box, give his arsehole a sniff, get the shot off. Yeah. Can he can sniff his arsehole?
0: Yeah. We'll you, get <laughs> shot off, Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of that one. There, there was one championship manager, I think, where you could. There was a bit of a glitch where if you put your striker man mark in the goalkeeper, yeah. he, would, <laughs> yeah. he would score like about 50 60 goals a season or something. So, yeah. sniffing his arse. There you go. There's a secret. Young kids. Yeah, like, is that what we're teaching in these days? <laughs> oh, I'm <dearie>, not mate. <laughs> I,
2: know,
0: I know Luke's thinking
2: you know, there, get, get an arsehole like Max Killmans and you can say and sniff it.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it. every time me and oh, I'm glad we can
0: <laughs> an I'm <laughs> glad we can laugh about it now. Anyway, guys. But, I mean, we'll move on to the red card. And um, initially, obviously, Douglas Louise goes off. Um, I think we we can all agree that the second yellow in particular was was quite uh, emphatic. But when they go down to ten men, um, obviously without a crowd in the stadium, Adam, I'll, I'll come to you on this first. Do you think we obviously we didn't end up building up that kind of momentum you'd expect? But do you think that roar of a crowd you get when you when you you see an opposition team go down to ten men would have would have galvanised us a little bit? What, what do you think happened there?
2: Do you know what? I'm have i I've, I've thinking about this. A lot of people talk about the effects of like a crowd on the game and I've never been sure as to how a crowd can really affect a game of football. I don't know, because I mean, they're playing for the crowds every week. I'm, I, don't, I, I don't think a, cra- a full crowd being there would have panned, You know, made the game pan it any different. I, I'm probably on my own I think this, but I just think that you know, these like these, these are players who are like tactically drilled all week long. If you know, it's a good end to ten men just because like a few thousand people pipe up, I'm not going to just forget everything straight away. And you know, everything just filters out of their heads and they are forgetting to play football. I probably think you know, maybe our players might to push on a little bit more. But I, I, I thought they should have done that anyway. As soon as I went down to ten, we should have just pushed on to the kill then anyway. But I don't think it happened. But. To answer the question, I, I I
0: don't really think a crowd would have made a difference. To be honest, you really think Matt screaming at Nelson's for ninety minutes mean, wouldn't have kicked up, kicked him up the arse to play that? Really? <laughs> I
3: don't know. Exactly. Come on,
0: Nelson. For <laughs> sake. yeah. I mean, what? Why? Why do you think it, it ended up being the case, Matt, that we, we seem to wilt in, in the face of ten men almost rather than actually go on to build up some pressure?
3: Because because the, there's a requirement there to attack, which is against our game plan. Okay, all right, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, it's exactly that. Because we are, we are set up in a way to to. I I I'm, I don't want this to be an overly critical Nuno out podcast at all because it's not that. But we're we're set up in a way that it makes our team uncomfortable putting too many men forward because we're now terrified of a counter. Um. And what are you meant to do when you're have got when you playing against 10 men? You're meant to pump men forward, create space, make the pitch really wide. And we're terrified of it, basically. Is, that's all it is. Um, there's not a massive amount of time left in the game either, granted. Um, while there were so many bookings, I didn't think there was five minutes of extra time to be had, personally. Um, and I just I just don't think that we're set up in a way that we're ever going to be a team that chases and is hungry. How many times have we talked about wolves lacking bite? For here's another soundbite for you. you Um, And I just think we're just not that team. We're just not that way inclined to set up to you know to even at ten men to to go at them hammer and tong. That that
0: extra five minutes was just Mike Dean's encore. Actually, it wasn't exactly percent added time. Um, Thinking about um, the way we went about it, Luke. um, We obviously only used one substitution. Um, looking at that subs bench at the start of the day as well I guess didn't necessarily fill you with confidence what did you make of how we could have changed things up a little bit more or what else we could have done
1: you know what I am going to be honest with you I had to watch the game watching my son's game today so I had to watch it on my phone I was watching my son play I don't even know who was on the bench I haven't even looked
0: I haven't Uh, even looked if I really for you it was John uh, Vitina Ruben Neves um, Guy, Max Killman it. Willy Bolly yeah, well, yeah, look, look, Owen, Owen Otisawi
1: Look how defensive that bench is look, at, look how defensive it is So what hope have we got Of scoring any goals Or being a, a constant attacking threat Because looking at that bench Even though they had good games today And I feel that they've performed quite well um, Over the last four or five games If one of them is off the boil, who comes on to replace him? No one. If one of them's going through a bit of a bad run of form, who comes off the bench to replace him? No no one. So, going forward, to be fair, with that light on options, we're pretty fucked because we're shit enough as it is at the minute anyway. We've scored 11 goals in 12 league games. What options have we got? Even if we wanted to tweak it a little bit and think, okay. This current attacking setup isn't working, so second half, with 25-30 to go, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We, we we haven't even got any different options, like a different type of winger or a different type of striker. Like, for example, say if you had um, Jimenez and then Defoe backing him up. So if it wasn't quite working for Jimenez that day, you think, OK, we'll get somebody like Defoe on a bit of a poacher. Somebody who's just going to sniffing in and around the box. Where's the option to change it? There isn't one. Now, to me... He's talking about sniffing again, though. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that whoever is in charge of squad management and recruitment, so I'm going to assume it's two different people, fucking shocking. It's not good enough.
0: I'll tell you what, though, Luke. I'll tell you why that is the case. We've been signing players to play three four three for the last three seasons. Now we've changed shape. That's there's there's if you if you think about it across that front three you'll always have one of Adama Pedence, Traore, Raul or Silva on the bench at least one or two mm-hmm. you know five into three doesn't go so in theory you've still got your options there that's why we're left in this position now because we haven't we've got to use four of them and one of them's out with a fractured skull that's a simple fact of the matter and. Vitinha, who's a, who's apparently meant to be this kind of punch Portuguese wonderkid, you know how, how would you feel if you're him at the, at this moment in time? It's um, you know, Adam. What 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 else do you think we could have done today to try and win that game? You know what I think. Without the, the, the main thing is
2: that we needed to have took the game more to Villa. We, we know, and that's again that just comes down to, to Nuno. We know what we all know what he's like. There is a he is what we call a, a safe manager. He prefers not to to lose, and you know he, he loves the clean sheet, doesn't he? he? Loves his clean sheets. But you know I, I can count on probably one hand the number of games over the time he's been here where you know we've gone for the throat against teams. You know we've just gone out and we've attacked you know teams and wiped them off the park. And those games have pretty much all been in the championship, to be honest. So we're never going to get, we're never going to suddenly turn into this team overnight whereby, you know, we, we suddenly just go for team's throats and we wipe them off the park. I thought we was going to get that at like Sheffield United open day of the season, but you know, we got, got the two and then just sat back for 80 minutes. So we just play a safe brand of football underneath now. And, and to be fair, you know, in the last two years in the Premier League, it's worked but under under this different system, but you know, we, trying this new system now and i I do i'm not so sure i buy into everyone keeps saying it's a transition season you know this dreaded term. you know how do do any of us here know how long it takes play like a new formation to bed into players' minds because you know when Nuno first came he, he instilled his system you know in a matter of weeks so how long do we expect this new system to take. We can't write off a whole season just because we like
0: trying a new system. You well, know? I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I wouldn't be allowed a year off work trying to work out what, what um, kind of transition period I'm going through, you know, if, if my performance wasn't good enough. So, no, you know... I mean, it, 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 it,
2: yeah. This transition period seems to be the same as Brexit, the way it's going. It yeah. seems to be going on forever and I don't, I don't believe it, to be honest. I don't believe you need a whole season to bed in a new way of playing with players. They're on the they're on the train pitch two hours every day. You
0: can't well, as as opposed to Brexit, we've always got a deal with George Mendes in play, so it's always good guys. Um Matt, just to, to kind of wrap it up on that game, obviously last five minutes we can reel off all the highlights in in the sense that Semedo gives away a penalty, Villa score the penalty and we get Matinho sent off. So how how's your
3: How's your last five minutes of a football match? Could we make it any worse? Apart from, you know, an injury. I think the injury was the only thing off the bingo checklist that we needed, wasn't it? You know, somebody going yeah. down with a cruciate to, to to really wrap that up and make it more the swift kick in the knackers that it was. I mean, it's just, it. it what felt, what felt what the emotion that was going through my head, it, it, it just, it felt so expected. Like, it wasn't a surprise. It was just, okay, here it is. Here's that overwhelming sense of dread that I've been thinking about all all week. Okay, hello old friend. Do you know what I mean? It's just it was just one of those like you knew it was co- you just knew it was coming um, and and it didn't like. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed, honestly. Like it, this <laughs> get this sucked. It sucked, <laughs> the, it sucked the wind out of me. Like the, the result, and I was just like because it wasn't as if like I can shout and scream and be like what a what a bunch of pricks overpaid, David. This is because at the end of the day. As we've as we've mentioned, you know, a slight bend of the ball here or, or a mislead pass there, and we've we've beaten three 0 and that's what's so annoying about it. And you know, if you're if you're in a Nuno out camp, like you know, you need to sort your life out. However, there's things there that need to be done and need to be tweaked and fast in order for this not to be a mid to bottom half finish to the league and it just be one of those dreading what's going on in the window. And speaking of the window, how important is, is January's window?
0: It is. It is. And um well I guess we'll we'll work out when Jimenez is back. But the simple fact of the matter is we, we can't really be stuck, stuck here thinking about, oh well, when Jimenez is back, it's all gonna be fine because that's not it's not fair on him. It's not fair on um, you know it's not a good way to judge a football club line um, is there any notable performances today you guys wanted to mention anybody at all <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, also, no, we no. talk, I mean we've, obviously we we've talked about Pedens like, being a shining light and he, he was I mean for me he was probably uh, anything anything that was going to happen is going to come through him and as we mentioned you know, Traore was immensely frustrating Getting the ball, he had opportunities to actually attack his full back, but he just seems to put the brakes on sometimes and invite the covering marker in. So you know, then the, he's the one
0: the for me with Traore was when he was running through and the four of them were up in support of him, mm. and he decided to go and have a shot. Oh, uh, and it was probably that was throw something at the telly kind of moment that was for me. Yeah,
2: that's
0: what it's. It's a, it's a bad decision making
2: from him, but no, other than that, I mean, yeah, Traore was the main. Was the main shine light and defense was relatively relatively okay. You know, Smeder apart. <laughs> won't go into that again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, to be honest, I wanted to pick out Marcel specifically just because I think he's gone a bit under the radar in terms of he's been pretty solid even against Liverpool. I don't think he really had a bad game um considering he was playing up against Salah and today just just marshaled Troye pretty well. Doesn't look totally un, unflustered and has a decent left foot on him as well, which is uh, always a benefit. But um, now we've uh, we've obviously had to, to endure a, a defeat against our local rivals today. And, and oh, I mean, I live in the middle of Villa country, so um, I'll be uh, watching where I go for the next week or so. But we'll, um, we'll leave Villa right there, guys, and we'll move on to our next fixture, which is midweek against Chelsea. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, Wolves.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites,
2: brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com
0: and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Hi guys, welcome back to the Wolves Fancast part two today. We've obviously just um, covered the Villa game and we'll be moving swiftly on to our next encounter against Chelsea in midweek. Frank Lampard's Chelsea, as we all know them. And uh, not the best um, record against Frank Lampard's Chelsea last season, obviously a 5-2 defeat at home and uh, a 2-0 away defeat in, in what was a really crunch game in that lockdown period. Um, when we uh, we could have sealed our European place, but um, decided against that. But Adam, if if how do you feel going into this one off the back of well two defeats in a row, which I, I don't think really you can say too often um, under Nuno's reign? Uh, to be honest, confidence has taken a bit of a knock.
2: If I'm honest, um, at the start of the season, Chelsea, we all a lot. Well, the, the common view is that. Despite all their like, riches up front to pick from, you you still have a chance because they left the back door open. I mean, even Albion went 3 and up against them. But it seems to me that they've got their shit together in that regard and that you know that they're quite sure sh- they're shored up with the back now. Um, so given that they've got an array of options up front, <clears throat> they've sorted themselves out at the back. People talking that of Chelsea now as genuine title contenders for this season um, this will probably be our toughest game, a se- hardest game of the season so far, I think, because it just goes to show. Just just go, coupling with the fact that we don't know exactly what we're doing yet in our own shape and system. Chelsea seem to have settled on system personnel. I think I think it's going to be tough. I think to be a tough game.
0: Matt, Chelsea have obviously, uh, they, had, we had, they had Nuno's number really last season. Do you think it will continue to be that way, um, despite the fact we've changed shape? Newton, you know, Lampard seems to settle quite nicely against mm.
3: them. Uh, I mean, they're in great form. Um, I could see him beating Everton comfortably today as well. Um, I just think that it, it very much feels like Frank Lampard has Nuno's number. And maybe a change of style, maybe a change of formation, maybe a change, actually, will do us good. That we're not going to be so easy to read. But for all the points we've said earlier, actually, are we are we the same? Are we the same team in a different formation in terms of style? So I, I don't know. Like, I'm fearing, I'm fearing the worst. You know, fear the worst, and anything else is a bonus kind of mentality about this because, I, I you know, how many times have we played? And being the quote-unquote underdog and it's worked in our favour. Uh, we just don't have that. We don't have that panache, that fanfare, that that attacking, you know, the Vava Voom, we would call it. We just don't have that at the minute. And that's the only way we'd beat Chelsea is if we had that. And I just, I'm not very confident about this game at all. Um, so, you know, let's see. Let's see how, um, you know, we, we've said in the past... After heavy defeats, Nuno's took it back to basics and worked on it, and been able to do things to make things better. After after it, so let's hope he can do that and and, and a change be made. I'm just I'm just not that confident.
0: Luke, Chelsea obviously brought in some serious attacking talent in the summer. Is it, is there anyone in particular you're you're worried about, or you feel
1: is going to be a key to the game? All of them, really. I mean. Well, on their day, when they turn up, they're all fantastic players. Werner, fantastic finish out. Ziyech, fantastic technically. Abraham and Giroud, obviously we know that they can get goals. Mason Mount. So, yeah, they've got a lot of quality going forward. Um, we need Chelsea to have an off day. The only way we're going to get something is if Chelsea have an off day. Um, I think Chelsea have won the last five away from home. So, they're in absolutely red-hot form away from home. However, of averages means that they're due to lose one or drop points soon. Well, we've but, seen that
0: they've obviously had a busy schedule and you know, another midweek game, uh, despite their serious squad depth, uh, as you can see.
1: you know, Is that schedule going to catch up with them at some point, do you think? Who knows? It's did it catch up on us last season though no. sometimes it can be better to be busier especially when you're winning you win a game of football, what do you want to do? play another game of football you can't wait to play another game of football so whilst they're on form they're probably grateful for the game um, I mean if we don't win that means it's one winning six for us which uh, you don't really want to be playing Chelsea when you're in that sort of form I'm got
2: the
1: tough, tough fixtures coming up as well. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, because... it's not look, it's not Isn't looking it good our... on the horizon. Uh, we've got Chelsea, Burnley at home. I mean Burnley away. Sorry, Tottenham at home. Manu away. Brighton away. Everton at home. West Brom at home. Chelsea away. Merry What's Christmas.
3: It? I don't look at that. I don't look at that, and I'm, I'm not. I'm definitely not shatting my pantaloons at that. Uh, at that. Fixture list. Uh, United, uh, but, aren't, United aren't United aren't there to be afraid of. Brighton aren't there to be afraid of. Everton, uh, uh, by no means kicking, kicking. You know, pulling up trees in the yeah. league. I just think it's that fair,
2: we said like Villa, Villa, nothing to be afraid of. But you know, mm. no, no, but <laughs> again,
0: again, yeah, again. No, well, I just, I know, I know, I know. I think, I think, Matt, I'd agree with you if we were, you know, playing away that you could see in every <clears> single game we're competing very well and. You you had the confidence in, and you can see the confidence running through the team, you know, that they, yeah. they've got each other's back. They're confident in the system. I think the trouble with the back four system that we're playing now is with a 3-4-3, everybody knew. You could literally put a blindfold on the players and reckon they could pass to each other. Mm-hmm. It was that well drilled in and they knew where every man was meant to be in possession of the ball, out of possession of the ball, everything. I don't think they'd know that at the moment. There's very much... When someone gets the ball, it's head up, have a look around and then make a pass. Whereas it was so much more automatic previously. And I think going in with that kind of hesitant mindset in these games. And I know we always do well against the big teams. We always have done. But I don't think, and I think that's part of why we, we ended up losing to Liverpool so heavily. Because the, the the players just seemed a bit drained of it and, and just not sure of their own their own you know, um, decisions and, and, and the information that would be fed to them. So, do, do we do we see any changes coming, Adam, for the next game? Do you think we need to make any amendments to the line-up? I mean, to me, the, the forward line just picks
2: itself. You can't really change it. Silver...
0: There's no one else to yeah,
2: for, uh, pick as well, Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah. he drops a bomb on us and not plays between you somewhere, which obviously he won't do. The only change, if anywhere, is going to come in defence again. Uh, obviously... There will be an enforced one. Matinho won't be able to play, so Neves will um, will come in because of Matinho's red card today. Um, other than that, you know, he might he might change his mind in defence again. with might Bolly might come in, but you know, I, I didn't really see Cody or Sace for at fault for anything today. So it might just be that Neves is the one enforced change, and that's that's pretty much all I can see to be honest it pains me to, to be a bit different de- defeat to be honest because I'm normally the positive one but if, even you know i, I just not really I, I just can only see it being one way street really on, on tuesday
0: yeah it's not it, it, i think as as a fan base we we haven't really gone into a game dreading it for a long time and it, it tells yeah. you it tells you how much confidence there is in the in the setup at the moment which is um, it's 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 quite it's it's interesting to be in this kind of period with Nuno because we've not we've not really felt it I don't think. Um, You're not allowed to feel it. No, but You're we are. No, we are Luke. Look we look are. look, we look where we were six
1: years ago. You're Man, not allowed. Come it. on. No, stop it. <laughs> come Nobody, on, mate. At the end of the day, no, I'm I'm taking the piss here because yeah. people say no, oh well, no, you can't say that about our was not surely I was, I was kid. <laughs> I'm telling you, the best team I've ever seen down the Wolves. That's but it. He's, he's not doing his job, he's not doing his job, and he can be held accountable for his fucking decisions and runs of fall. Sorry, but yeah, we can question him. He ain't this fucking untouchable, unquestionable fucking god. Our fans are fucking treating him like he's fucking Boris or something. You can't chat about him.
0: Luke, Luke yeah, just yeah. turned. Luke just turned into like the spitting image puppet of all's fan. <laughs> I like think it, uh, it was that as proper. That was parody levels almost. No, um, but it's for
1: right for sure. well, question away. Question away, because maybe the problem will be we don't question and we let we leave it too long.
0: Well, let let me let me fire a question. There's a lot of question marks over Nelson Samayo. What is our alternative? It's it's probably Keyan um who was uh, well, I spoke to a Liverpool podcast in uh, after the Liverpool game on Sunday, and they asked me about him. Obviously, having come from the club, and I really didn't know what to say because we've not seen anything of him. He's done, I think he's played a couple of Papa John's Trophy games, but, but Matt, is that is that your is that your um is that your your alternative? Is that are you happy with that as, as an option instead of Samito?
3: What we have to do is get the finest lawyers we can find to find a loophole to get that contract ripped up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. No, what we need to... You know, you know what? You know how we get the best out of Nelson Samedo? He's, he's not playing four at the back. He's by playing three at the back. Relieve him of some of his defensive duties. Because we know him from his time at Barcelona as a, as a better attacking player. And... In a 4-4-2, you know, it's so ironic because how many times have people have gone, oh, Dorit is going to be shit at, uh, at Spurs because you're going to play at four at the back and you can't play like that. Well, that's exactly what's happening with Nelson Samada. We can't play him four at the back like that because he's reliant too much from a defensive outlook. If um, You want to get the best out of Nelson Sameda, you we, we have to play with three slash five at the back. Are we going to do that? Probably not. So do you look to drop him? I think it would be harsh to drop him out after the Villa game on the basis that defensively he wasn't that bad, but he offers—he doesn't offer anything else going forward either. So he's a bit—he's he's, a—he's a luxury item to have at the moment. And I don't know. What, again, Luke, you're absolutely right. You have to question the manager on this. Now, is he getting
1: the best out of his prize horses? Probably not at the moment. And just because you question Nuno mm-hmm. doesn't mean you want him sacked. No, no, no. You know, it's just. Let's question his thinking and his methodology at the moment because, quite evidently, for whatever reason, it's not working. So we need to ask the questions to find out why it's not working to get some answers. It's it's simple, really. We're not... No-one's calling for Nuno to get sacked or Nuno out this, that or the other just because they're asking questions about his current philosophy or where, where he's looking to take us. You know, what's... What's
3: the, what's the plan? What is mm-hmm. the plan? This is it. This is it. I, I I think that in terms of what we do against Chelsea, you know how 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 much of an asset could a player like Nelson Samado be if we played him in the right system? I mean, Gully, You you told me, mate. You know, you're asking the questions. I want to fire the question at you. Nelson Samado going forward, we he's shown in <laughs> the, 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 the first couple of games and linking it with Troyo that there's something there. I mean. We, but can you change a system for one player? I think when you say, when you've
0: reverted to a back four, I think it's almost even more important that your full backs are able to have an impact on the game on the ball. Um, I think you can you can almost the problem with Nuno is he he he's, he's chasing perfection and in his own words knowing that it doesn't exist and he's got this whole you know real weird idea of every every Point in a, wherever the ball is on the pitch, whoever's in possession, we can either defend or attack in in, in some kind of way, which, which means he's trying to, he, he's, he's, he's neither here nor there. And what you find is you have to give up, a, you have to sacrifice a little bit to gain a little bit. And I think if you said to Samedo, you've got free reigns, so to bomb up and down that flank, and you say to him, make Jack Greenish chase you for 90 minutes, you know, I think you see the best out of him then <laughs> And I think you might have to then say to Dendonka, okay, don't make so many runs into the box to get on the end of things. I don't think people would necessarily argue too much with that just because then they know. Dendonka's very good at actually covering that space. If it came to Nelson Samadou and Traore getting caught up the field, him dropping into that right-hand channel just to, just to cover off, slow and attack down and, you know, allow them to get back into position. That's just common sense and decent football logic. You know, but... You have to speculate to accumulate a little bit and he Nuno just will never do that. It, there's, there's, there is no risk involved to anything that we do, whatsoever.
3: Mm. Mm. Well said. But, yeah.
0: Okay. We figured it all out though, guys. So, um, if anybody wants to click this and send if, <laughs> it, um, Nuno's post box at Molyneux, we'll just drop it in there and we'll be fine and we'll get a victory at Chelsea, won't we? So, what's the score going to be, guys? Adam, 5-0. what's
1: you? After you've just said that, 5-0 Wolves. 4-0 Wolves. <laughs> 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 uh, do you know
2: what? I think he'll probably be similar, similar to last year. I think it will be like a, a 2-0, probably a 2-0 defeat. It's been a while since I've predicted a defeat. You know, I, I don't normally predict anything other than a Wolves win or possibly a draw. But I just can't, for the, in this instance, I just can't see anything else. But, you know, just Chelsea being... The better team, and then it being a 2 0 I'd love, obviously, I'd be delighted to be proved wrong. But right here and there, after you know, immediately after that game, I, I, I can only see sort of like a, a regulation two-nil win to Chelsea. To be honest,
3: Matt, what do you think? Pretty, pretty much spot on, really. Unless, unless he throws a, a real curveball and goes kind of like four-one-two-one-two with two strikers and Neves. As a central attacking midfielder or something. I, I think you know, history is doing to repeat itself. 2-0 loss, unfortunately.
1: Luke, can you give me some hope? 2-1. No, 1-1. 1-1. 1-1. We'll get a dodgy penalty. VAR will be on our side for a change and we'll finally get a fir- our first penalty of the season. Yeah. Part of me thinks
0: that Nuno, you know, it, it's it's... You Know a red rag to a ball, three defeats in a row, no clean sheets for a while. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna, I think we're gonna go for a boring nil nil. I think we're just gonna try and stink the place out, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we move on uh, from the Chelsea game and wrap things up, Frank Lampard thoughts because I know he's 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 got a bit of an odd persona in within you know the footballing world and he's got this kind of hate. You know, a lot of people seem to really hate him, but I don't really understand it. So, can you? Clear that up for me, guys. I don't. I don't really understand the hate for Frank Lampard. Well, what,
2: what's the, uh, first? First, I've heard of this. What's the hate specifically
0: for? No, him? I, well, I know Leeds fans hate him just because of the whole Spygate situation, and people, have, you know, Fat Frank has always been a thing during his playing career. I don't think he was actually that popular, and for England, so I, I, I don't really understand it.
3: And... He comes from a he comes from a time period when Chelsea, quote unquote, bought the league as well, and he's part of that. You know. What was Chelsea's history prior to, you know, Abramovich coming in, et cetera. So uh, I think this year is going to be really interesting for him because he doesn't have the luxury of the transfer embargo to protect him from bad results. Um, and I think actually the fact that, you know, they're constantly winning games is great. Every team has a poor run of form at some point, And it'll be very interesting to see how he reacts to that because he doesn't have the excuses of not being able to buy players. Being able to buy Timo Werner for any squad in the world that improves a squad and he and you know with big with big checks like that you have big big results and expectations so i, I don't know i i think it's it's a bit of a media darling isn't he and that rubs people up the wrong way just by proxy um it does.
0: you're right you're right the media is definitely a thing isn't it i applaud so, yeah.
2: him i applaud him to be fair because in this day now, it's, it's quite easy for players as soon as they retire to just go on go and be a pundit you know go and go into Sky go into BT and have a cushy number being the analyst whereas he's gone he's, he's retired and straight away gone into a job and you know I, I guess everyone was a bit sceptical at the time because he ultimately led Derby to a, a failed promotion bid at the last hurdle and then managed to get the Chelsea job off the back of that but his trajectory at Chelsea's only been good since he's been there. You know, he, he had the embargo, he got them he got them into fourth place, so he kept he kept the job and therefore he's 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 been able to then have the opportunity to, to spend Chelsea's money and fair play, I think fair, fair play to him to be honest. And young English manager, we always say there's not there's not no good English young managers about. Well, this one's is so far he's in mind he's only been in the Chelsea job eighteen months. What's he what's he really doing wrong? I can't really see what he's doing wrong, to be honest. Um, fair play to him. I don't really have an axe to grind with him. Every manager can be a twat, you know, every now and then, you know, if a result goes their way and they'll have a moan. Um, but no, I think fair, fair play to him.
0: Well, we will, um, we'll probably leave it there, guys. I think it's um, Tuesday night obviously coming up against Chelsea. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Is it? Am I right in saying that, mm-hmm. guys? Mm-hmm. Back on Amazon Prime, so um no need to no need to get any dodgy streams going guys um just uh just sort your account out and uh, you'll be straight in there but um obviously a lot of contact com- uh, content content coming from walls fancast at the moment we've got our youtube channel running i'll be doing a tactical review of- of the aston villa game uh, which should be out prior to that chelsea fixture as well we'll have dan's fancast fifa greet which luke guested on this week as well so go ahead and check that out they're all they're all available for you and um, we'll have some more interesting pont- podcast content coming out in a couple of weeks as well with a new little project that we'll be revealing to you um, soon but for now it's goodbye from me uh, say goodbye luke see later. adam Chill out, guys. <laughs> See you later. Um, uh, um, Take it easy, guys. Look after uh, yourself. Apologies if we've brought you all down to depressing levels uh, <laughs> after that podcast, but <laughs> cheers all. all.